0: when we were in Isaiah, <clears throat> Isaiah said repeatedly, repeatedly, I am God and there is no other. And as we look at the scripture today, um, it uh, echoes the truth that the Lord is the Lord and he, he is, there is no other. Jeremiah has been talking to Judah The two little tribes to the south, we call it Judah and Benjamin. We call it the southern kingdom. Because the northern kingdom, the ten tribes to the north, had already been taken in captivity by the Assyrians. Yet the Babylonians were knocking on the door here, and we'll see some of that. And in our introduction, we talked about the timeline. And and rather than being a, a... continuous thing when we go through scripture here uh, Jeremiah kind of bats back and forth and we find at this particular time that that Jer- uh, Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians were around Jerusalem at the time and yet some of the kings were getting together and says you know let's form a loose confederation or something in fight these people and Jeremiah, Jeremiah picks up this thing he, he knows it it's not t- that background is not given to us in scripture but history tells us that and these people we read from tell us that as Art and I have told you before we don't have any sense we just read and <laughs> tell you what somebody else has said uh, so uh, in this particular case when we pick up in chapter 27 that's what's happening in this case in the beginning, beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, son of Joash, Josiah. Now, this was the last king of the five kings that Jeremiah, in chapter 1, said that he was going to do. After Zedekiah's reign, they went into the, in the exile, into captivity. So he says here, in the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, the son of Joash, the king of Judah, the word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus says the Lord to me, make for yourselves bonds and yokes, and put on your neck. Now, if I was talking to some youngsters, they wouldn't know what a yoke is now this crew should know what a yoke is you <laughs> a yoke of oxen a a, a yoke of uh, you know a, a team of mules or that kind of thing, but it's a, it's a stock. He says, Make a yoke. Uh, make for yourself bonds and yokes and put them on your neck and send words to the king of Edom, Moab, Ammon, Tyre, Sidon, by the messengers who come to Jerusalem. Command them to go to their masters. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Thus you shall say to their masters. Now, if you got the new American standard, the deity is capitalized. So he starts off in verse 5. I have made the earth, the men and the beasts that are on the face of the earth by my great power, by my outstretched arm, And I will give it to the one who is pleasing in my sight. Isaiah said, I am God and there is no other. God told Jeremiah to tell him. He says, I'm the God of heaven. And I I have made the earth and the men and the beasts that are on the face of the earth. And I'm going to do as I please. It's the last thing. And I will give it to the one who is pleasing in my sight. Now, I have given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, my servant. I have given him and also the wild animals of the field to serve him. And we need to understand That he says, God has given the land into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, my servant. In this particular case, he's taken a pagan king to do what God wants to do. God told him from the very beginning, I'm a jealous God. I don't want any idols before me. I don't want you to worship or bow down to anybody but me. And he told Solomon. He said he says don't marry these local girls. He said they're going to get you in trouble because they'll take you to to their gods and well he married a sackful of them and uh, and and they did just that. They they perverted the the worship of the Lord to other people, and the prophets from Samuel, who was the first prophet, on down through time, he says, "Don't do that. Don't don't do that." When we were in Isaiah, we had a, a some scripture in there, and he says, "You take a, a board, a timber, and he says, you cook food on part of it, and he says, you warm yourself with part of it." And part of it, you build an idol who can't talk, who can't think, who can't eat, who can't do anything. And when we were going through that, Art was teaching at that particular time, and somebody in one of you said, "Well, what if they burn up the bronze piece?" You know, and and, and it's that's that's silly. You know, when they come worship these idols uh, that that hadn't that didn't mean anything. Verse 7 All the nations shall serve him and his son and his grandson until the time of his own land comes and then many nations and great kings will make him their servant. Make him their servant. He's going to use Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon for a time and yet after that they would meet their fate and we've talked about Babylon it was beautiful from what we know and today it's a desert in Iraq you can't find anything there God said so he's going to destroy it and he did now when we were studying Isaiah he, he used the term, and in the day, or in what's going to happen, and we talked about that. Some of it was fulfilled then, some of it was going to fulfill later, and some of it's much later. Some of it has yet to be fulfilled. In Jeremiah, we're going to see most of this prophecy that Jeremiah talks about is fulfilled in biblical times. We have Esther. We have Ezra. We have Nehemiah that talk about the going back and Daniel going back to the promised land. And we've, if we get to chapter 29 today, we'll, we'll talk about that. But he says there, his time is going to come, verse 7, and the nations will serve him and his son and his grandson until the time of his own land comes then many nations and great kings will make him their servant. It will be that the nations and the kingdom which will not, serve, uh, will not serve him, Nebuchadnezzar king in Babylon, and which will not put its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, I will punish them. And it's the same punishment that we always said with a sword, with a famine, and with pestilence. He said, if you're not going to do what I said I was going to do, I'm going to kill you with a sword. I'm going to kill you with a pestilence. I'm going to kill you with famine. That's Bill's paraphrase. (laughs) Verse 9. But as for you, do not listen to your prophets and your diviners and your dreamers, your soothsayers and your sorcerers who speak to you saying, you will not serve the king of Babylon that was kind of ridiculous because Nebuchadnezzar was, was just was right there at Jerusalem at the time uh, he was talking. He's, he was there. Uh, verse 10, "For their prophecy, for they prophesy a lie to you in order to remove you far from the land, I will drive you out and you will perish. But the nation which will bring its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, I will let remain in its land, declares the Lord. And there they will till it and dwell it. And we'll see more about that. Verse 12. I spoke the words like this to Zedekiah, king of Judah, saying, bring me your neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him and his people and live. Why will you die when you are people by the sword, famine, and pestilence, as the Lord has spoken uh, to the nation which will not serve the king of Babylon? So do not listen to the words of the prophet who speak to you, saying, You will not serve the king of Babylon, for they prophesy a lie. For I have not sent them, declares the Lord, but they prophesy falsely in my name in order that I may drive you out and that you may perish, you and your prophets who prophesy. Then I spoke to the priest. And here we go again. In chapter 3, he nailed three people who we've talked about the priest, the prophets, and the kings are the people in authority. So he's been talking about. Uh, <clears throat> The prophets, now he's talking about the, the priest, verse 16. I spoke to the priest and all the people, saying, Thus says the Lord, do not listen to the words of your prophet who prophesied to you, saying, Behold, the vessels of the house of the Lord will shortly be brought again from Babylon, for they are prophesying the lie. Do not listen to them, serve the king of Babylon and live. Why should this city become a ruin? But if they are the prophets, and if the word of the Lord is with them, then they now entreat the Lord of hosts that the vessels which are left in the house of the Lord, the house of the king of Judah, and in Jerusalem may not go to Babylon. If they're prophets, he says, let them entreat the Lord of hosts that the vessels which were left. So they took some of the vessels from the house of the Lord, but they left some. And he mentions... Uh, some of the they have in verse 19. Pillars concerning the sea. You remember he had a, a big, uh, Solomon built this big bronze bowl with huh, bulls facing all around it, you know. And that's that's held water. And he said, they called it the sea. Concerning the stands, concerning the rest of the vessels that are left in the city. Which Nebuchadnezzar king did not take, when they carried into exile uh, from J- Jerusalem to Babylon, all the nobles of Judah and Jerusalem. And Daniel may be in that, uh, and his buddies may have been in that deportion. He said he didn't take them all. Verse 21, Yes, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, concerning the vessels that are left in the house of the Lord, In the house of the king of Jerusalem They will be carried into Babylon They will be there Until the day that I visit them Declares the Lord Then I will bring them back And restore them in the place And like I talked You know Ezra talks about taking And Nehemiah talks about Taking the vessels back To Jerusalem from From uh, From uh, Babylon So verse 28 uh, chapter 28 we have this um, Hananiah uh, who was a a, a a prophet and and as Art says he they time stamp it here and it's important in this case in the fourth year of Zedekiah in the fifth month this prophet says verse 2 I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon when Within two years, I'm going to bring back this place, all the vessels from the house of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from the place and carried into Babylon. Verse 4 I'm going to bring back to this place. uh, I can't pronounce that guy's name. Uh, Anyway, uh, and I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Then the prophet Jeremiah spoke to Hananiah in the presence of the priest. And he says, uh, amen. May the Lord do so. May the Lord confirm your words that you prophesied about the vessels, uh, about all that it is. This kind of tongue-in-cheek, you know. This prophesy, prophesy. And Jeremiah said, okay, that's good. I hope, I hope you're right. Again, that's Bill's emphasis. He says, but amen. Let your words be be that way. verse 6 yes a little sarcasm verse 7 yet hear now the word which I'm about to speak in your hearing verse 9 the prophet who prophesies of peace when the word of the prophet comes to pass that the prophet will be known as one who the Lord has sent so he says if you prophesy and it happens you're a good guy the Lord has told you that But he's just making a statement there. And then verse 10, he took the yoke from the neck of Jeremiah the prophet and broke it. He spoke in the presence of all the people, thus says the Lord, even so I will break within two full years the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Then Jeremiah went his way. Skip down to verse 14. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel I have put a yoke of iron on the neck of all these nations. They may serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. They will serve him. I've also given to him the beast of the fields. Then Jeremiah the prophet said to Hananiah, Listen now, Hananiah. The people has Excuse me. Listen now, Hananiah. The Lord has not sent you, and you have made this people trust a lie. Therefore, says the Lord, behold, I'm about to remove you from the face of the earth. This year, you are going to die because you have counseled rebellion against the Lord. So Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month now look back at verse uh, chapter 28 verse 1 in the fifth month he was a big man he lived for two months God took him I am God and there is no other and what he says he's going to do he used a foreign power to bring about his will to whip the children of Israel because of years and years and years of rebellion there's a lesson for us here the 10 commandments and we've talked about that many times and I'm going to say it again in just a minute that That the Ten Commandments were not written to us. They were written to the the Israelites that were there in Mount Sinai. But they're for us. Art mentioned a few Sundays ago that the the only one of the Ten Commandments that Jesus didn't uh, okay or ratify or add to was the idea of the Sabbath. But in, in, uh, in, I'm in, Deut- in Deuteronomy 5 Which is the second giving of the law Verse 15 When you shall remember when you were a slave In the land of Egypt The Lord your God brought out there By a mighty hand and an outstretched arm Therefore the Lord your God Commanded that you observe the Sabbath Honor your father and your mother As the Lord has commanded you that your days may be prolonged that it may go well with you in the land which the Lord has had gives you now in in Exodus chapter 24 20 he expands a little bit on that uh, and he says um, no he doesn't expand on it where am I oh yeah it's in in Verse 5. You shall not worship or serve them. He's talking about I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of your fathers on the children on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. But show loving kindness to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. That's chapter 20 of Exodus, verse 3 or 4. <clears throat> I've often said I personally stand on the shoulders of some great people my, both of my grandfathers my dad um, were honorable men and they taught me and I stand on their shoulders today This, these people in Judah at this particular time, they couldn't change the course of history if they wanted to because of what their grandfathers and fathers and great-grandparents had done before them. They had been so wicked. We go back to Manasseh. We have talked about that. He, he killed children. And God says, I didn't even think about that. Didn't even think about that. we as men today and women today we're leaving some kind of heritage I hope it's a good one I'm grateful for where I came from I hope I've left something for my children and my grandchildren we're not we're not here for nothing (laughs) but in this particular case the damage had been done now chapter 29 we're fixing to see what God had said here now hear the words of the letter hear the words of the letter which Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the elders of the exile. So, like he already taught, some of the people had already been gone into exile. And there were others that, that uh, were going. But he wrote this letter uh, to them, and he says, uh, the prophets and all the people who were in Jerusalem that had been taken into exile from Jerusalem t- to Babylon. Verse 3, the letter was sent by the hand of these guys, whom Nezek- uh, Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. And then he starts, and he, this is the text of the letter that he wrote. Thus says the Lord of hosts, The God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses, live in them, plant gardens, eat their produce. Take wives, become fathers of sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there. Do not decrease. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for its welfare, that you will have welfare. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Do not let your prophets who are in your midst, your diviners deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams which they have dreamed, for they prophesied falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. Now, look back in verse 13 chapter 27 verse 12 he says bring your necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon serve him and his people and live so Jeremiah is telling them and this false prophet says oh no I'm going to bring Nebuchadnezzar back in two years Jeremiah says it ain't going to happen he said, but you go and you be a good citizen, build houses, plant a garden, eat the produce, and, and then, then just be a good citizen there. And then he gives some very familiar passage of scripture in verses 10 through 14. chapter 29 verse 10 for thus says the Lord when 70 years have been completed for Babylon I will visit you and fulfill my good word to you to bring you back to this place so he says you're going to be there for 70 years and he says and then I'll I'll bring you back (laughs) And he brought them back. And it was a miracle that he brought them back. Ezra, the first chapter, first verse. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, the Lord stirred up a spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he sent a proclamation throughout the kingdom. And putting in writing. Verse 3. Whoever there is among you. Of all these people. May his God be with him. Let him go to Jerusalem. Which is in Judah. And rebuild the house of the Lord. The God of Israel. He is God. Who is in Jerusalem. You know. Why did Cyrus do that? Excuse me. Did you hook me up? (laughs) Sharon, thank you. Um, God said so. He said, 70 years. You're going to be there 70 years, and I'm going to send you back. Scripture says, King Persia, I mean Cyrus, King of Persia. Hey, you Jews, you want to go back to Jerusalem? Pack your donkey up. You can go. Just like that, he said. Verse 10 For thus says the Lord when 70 years have been completed for Babylon I will visit you and fulfill my good word to you and bring you back to this place. Verse 11 For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans for welfare not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. Now the wheels fall off the boat with that sometimes. What did we say about the Ten Commandments? It wasn't written to us, but it's for us. That scripture has been taken out of context so many times. It wasn't written to us, but it's for us. Now, I've wrestled with that verse but this commentary, the fellow who wrote this commentary agrees with me. So I, I like people who agree with me, you know. He said, Christians facing difficult situations today can take comfort in Jeremiah 29, 11. Knowing that it is not a promise to immediately rescue us from hardship and suffering but rather a promise that God has a plan for our lives regardless of the current situation he can work through it to prosper us and give us hope for the future we're in such a society that, that we want everything now you know, I mean, I get upset when McDonald's makes me wait. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, we, we, we just that way. We, 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 everything's instant. You know, we, we have instant news. You know, you look at your phone every day, too much. You know, and you see what's happening around the world in in real time almost. And it's, and when we come to what God's got for us we want it now and so we take that scripture he says I know, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord the plans for welfare not for calamity to give you a future not hope and it's true it's for us but it's not immediate and we so much want to make it immediate We've had struggles. We've lost loved ones. We've prayed for healing. We've prayed for, you know, we've just begged the Lord to do something. And he says no. And yet ultimately, he knows our plans, and ultimately, we will become victorious. Uh, I haven't talked to Art about this you're hearing it for the first time <laughs> maybe when we get through with Jeremiah we, we might take a couple of Sundays and, and, and talk about heaven I, I'll talk about heaven and let Art talk about heaven uh, like usual we don't I don't know what he's going to say and he doesn't know what I'm going to say he cleans my messes up more times than not, but anyway we when when we when we talk about heaven, when we lose a loved one we when we lose a loved one, we want to know what's going on now and scripture is very silent about now. Randy Alcorn wrote a book it's a bestseller and it's it's the classic on heaven. But Randy is talking about the new heaven and the new earth, which is after the resurrection, but now in heaven. And, and this is what he's talking about here. I know the plans for you. I, 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 it's going to be okay but you're going to have to go through hard times. Listen to what this guy says one more time. Knowing that it is not a promise to immediately rescue us from hardship or suffering, but rather a promise that God has a plan for our lives regardless of the current situation. Okay, enough for Jeremiah 29 11. There's another scripture in Isaiah that Velt and I watch, well, she watches them all the time, cooking shows. <laughs> On occasion, I watch, watch some, but there's some of my YouTube watching. There's this colored lady that, that I love her, and she, she cooks some good stuff. But at the end of almost every, every session, she prays. And she comes back and she says, uh, no weapon formed against me will prosper. That's in Isaiah 2, by the way. I had to go find it. But They're talking about the millennium. You, you see how we take some scriptures and we, we we use them for ourselves for for whatever and they're not necessarily true in that situation. Scripture's always true. But we gotta put it in context. We've talked about that. How do you interpret scripture? It's context, context, context. Just like the realtor says it's location, location, <laughs> location. <laughs> so all right. Enough enough of me rambling. Verse 12. When you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You can take those two verses to the bank when you call upon me and pray to me, I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Verse 14 I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and will gather you from the nations. And from the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place where I sent you into exile. Talking to the group that were in Jerusalem at this point in time. He says, I'm going to take you into exile. You're going to stay there for 70 years. And he says, you do these things. Build a house, plant a garden, take wives, marry Be a good citizen. After 70 years. I'm going to take you back. I'm going to take you back. One more little. Little reference. When we were in Daniel. We looked at this extensively. But. Daniel. Was praying. To the Lord. And he. He came. He came to the. To a time and place and he knew well, let me get to scripture I'm, 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 uh, chapter 8 <clears throat> uh, he said when I Daniel saw the vision and stood before the Lord I heard him say uh, to me you know a man of understanding then in verse chapter 9 he says in the first year of Darius who was uh, of median descent in the first year of his reign I Daniel observed the books of the years which was revealed as the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet for the completion of the desolation of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. So Daniel knew he had been there as a boy, taken as a youth. He lived to be an old man, and it was at this time. And he says, you know, he said the 70 years that Daniel said, that, that uh, Jeremiah said is about to come, and he prayed a prayer. And that prayer is the beautiful prayer. And he prayed for his nation, the nation of Israel. And the beautiful part about this to me is <laughs> when he prayed, he said, Now while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sins and the sins of the people of Israel and presenting my supplication. For the Lord on behalf of the holy mountain while I was still speaking in prayer the man Gabriel who I had seen previously came to me in my extreme weariness and he told me he says at the beginning of your supplication the command was issued and I have come to tell you For you are highly esteemed and heed the message and gain understanding of the vision. Daniel prayed. He was praying. And he was praying. This is Bill now. God says, Gabriel, go tell him. I'm hearing his prayer. And tell him what's going to happen in the future. What did Jeremiah say here? He said in verse verse 12, When you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search me with all your heart. That'll preach. That'll preach. Okay, we'll pick up, pick up with verse 15, chapter 29, next week, uh, and we'll go. But we're fixing to see the shift. Uh, it was all about Judah and their rebellion, and now we're fixing to see what God's got for the people as they uh, finish going into a- exile. Comments? Questions? Okay. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for loving us and being with us.